and we are back with another Black Widow Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real Verse World. And this is episode 185. Today's guest is John Cruz, best known for his work with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. John has been traveling around with Dwayne since 2019, covering all of his major press runs for his hit films, brand activations, personal endeavors, and more. In this episode, we talk about how his traveling YouTube content for influencer Shay Mitchell helped him get discovered by the Westbrook team, who would eventually hire him to create content for Will Smith. And when you put in work, your work gets discovered, because sometime later, Dwayne Johnson's team reached out after seeing his work with Will to help create content for DJ. Now that's a wild chain of events. We discuss what it takes to be a creator for some of the biggest movie stars in the world. What a day in the life is like documenting Dwayne Johnson's press runs for the hit movies like Jumanji 2 as well as Hobbs and Shaw. He gives some advice on how to stay focused during these hectic tours. I mean, at one point, he even mentioned that they took 20 flights in eight days. This team puts in work. We chat about mental health and preventing creative burnouts, along with what it meant to John to capture some very personal moments for DJ, such as his father's memorial or his daughter's debut in the WWE. We cover all of this and so much more, but if this is the first time tuning into the podcast, you are probably wondering. What the fuck is Black With No Cream? Great question. Black With No Cream is the illest educational resource for content creators fueled by caffeine. Or at least I take my coffee Black With No Cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our community. We have thousands of members from all around the world working together by sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join our private group if you want to by going to bwnc.com slash join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join. And without farther ado, I bring to you my episode with John Cruz in the most epic podcast intro ever created. Right, motherfucking now. Ladies and gentlemen, John Cruz. <laughs> How are you doing today, my well, I feel today I feel good. I'd say like an eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. No, you can't can't complain on an eight out of ten. That's a that's yeah. a solid stat right there. Um yo, so I I've been trying to get this interview for a while. We had a date planned a couple months ago, maybe two months ago, and you were the first and last guest that basically pointed out, yo, I'm feeling kind of unsafe about this whole quarantine thing. I think I'm going to lock myself mm. in my crib and chill for a bit. And I was like, oh, damn, this is about to get very real. And we've shifted our entire mm. podcast since then. Uh, so I'm glad to get you now on a Zoom chat, not in person, but we got you on the Zoom chat. But thanks for being here. How have you been so far with all this shit? Uh, been good, man. I, I, um, we had been, I had been traveling almost like almost every day for about a year before, before this thing happened. So it was for me, uh, I, I was starting to, I was starting to get a little bit of like hit a, a little bit of a burnout. Right. So, so this kind of came as, as unfortunate as it is for the world. It, for me, it came at a time where I, I definitely needed some like meditative introspective time to just uh, focus on myself because um, one of the things that, not a lot of people know about me, but something that I want to start talking about more just on my social media and stuff is just how much I've dealt with, um, anxiety and some mental health stuff that, you know, it's just important for me to set aside some time to, uh, just to like meditate and, and find some inner peace. And, and so the last couple of months have been just a lot of that. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm still working on stuff, but 
I've also just been kind of making sure that my mental health is where it needs to be. That's great. Yeah, no, uh, I know. I'm glad that creators are starting to feel a lot more comfortable talking about this on, on this podcast. We're, we're having Ashley Osborne on here too, who's an incredible photographer. And that's one thing that she's dealt with too. And I feel like it's, it's good to express that shit because there's so many people that are also going through that feeling, mm-hmm. you know, insecure or having creative doubts or, or whatever it is. We, we just talk about that shit so often that I think it's, it's empowering to kind of open up on that stuff. Um, but also that's good, man, that you've been able to, you, your, your schedule is ludicrous. Like, like I, I know it too, touring with like Beyonce and shit. Yeah. Like I've, I've been there, but that's, you know, six months here's tour and rehearsals and things like that. Then you're off for a while or whatever. You're just constantly on the go, uh, with Dwayne Johnson. It's like, that's how we met too. Technically like virtually met. Right. Um, I, I got brought in, you had shot a bunch of content around you were editing. Yeah. I was editing the video for mm-hmm. the Jumanji. Yes. Uh, tequila tour basically. Right. Right. <laughs> Which, yeah. Right away, bro. Editing that. And you guys, the way you guys were working on the content, seeing the raw, it's so cool to see how you guys were hustling on the fly where he knew he had a product that he wanted to share. And at, at all these, <laughs> at all of these, uh, meet and greets, like I see you guys be like, all right, cool. Grab the, grab the shot glass or whatever. Let's pour up the tequila. Yeah. And he's just one, two, three turns and holds up the glass and like cheers is everyone. And, and you guys are just nailing these shots real quick for like a long-term goal. Uh, it was so, it was so dope to work on that project. So thanks for the incredible footage and let me cut that. that was oh fun. my God, man. Thank you. You did. It's, it's so helpful when you're traveling to have editors back home who can like crush the, the edits. I believe that. So I, I'm, I consider like in those moments, I consider you the most valuable person in the world <laughs> because you know, cause it's hard if you're traveling, obviously, you know, it's like trying to crank out edits on the road is, is like a really quick way to, to burn out. Right. So when you, when you're traveling, are you, are you usually handing off footage to editors or do, are you also trying to turn around content on the fly as well? We usually like, we'll have a system where some of, some of the content is being, um, handed off to editors. Like we'll be uploading it to these different servers we use and stuff, but then certain edits that like, let's say something I shot, I'm really passionate about and I want to turn it around really quick. I'll go edit that or something, you know, or like DJ DJ is like, Hey, I really like what, you know, last night we did X, Y, Z. Can you cut this together? I want to post it tomorrow. Right. And then usually just the adrenaline of like being on the road or seeing like someone like him get excited about an edit. That's what gets you through like turning it around the same night or something and maybe not getting a ton of rest, but <laughs> you're just so excited, you know? Right. No, it is exciting. I feel like that's kind of the best, like kicking the ass or, uh, you know, you, you just have to accompany it with a couple of Red Bulls or coffees or what, whatever your poison is. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure, man. Yo, I want to talk about this. So, kind of in in a nutshell, how did the story, you know, first come about for you starting to collaborate with DJ? Cause it's, it's obviously the biggest movie star on the planet, in my opinion. And I feel like maybe on, on charts too, like as far as statistics go, but that's uh, an incredible person to collaborate with. How did, how did you get that job working with, with DJ? So I, I started, um, so I was, I was making videos for a girl named Shay Mitchell. Okay. I don't know if you know who she is, but mm-hmm. she's an actress and she's like an Instagram, uh, sort of, she's like a digital influencer type girl. She's one of the biggest. Um, and so I was traveling around with her and we were doing different, um, she had this series on her YouTube called Shaycation. So we would do these videos. Uh, it was basically like travel content. Right. And, um, 
and the girl there. So DJ has a big, uh, he, DJ has a team of people that help him obviously with, with everything. And, um, there's these like really badass women that work for him and they happen to be fans of the content I was making for Shay. Oh, dope. So they hit me up and they were just like, um, there might be some things down the line that we need somebody to help with. Would you be interested? And, and of course I was, I was super down. Um, I had just, I had, I was just ending working with Shay because I had been working for her for two years. So I was starting to, I just wanted to try something different. Um, so I had a meeting with them and they, they said, we'll be in touch. And I actually didn't hear from them for like, I want to say it was almost like six months. Oh shit! So I just, I just figured, you know, they didn't need me or, you know, whatever. And then, and then, and then they finally reached back out and they're like, all right, we're, we have some stuff for you. Uh, the first thing I shot with him was this and he got the MTV generation award last year. Okay. And so they hit me up. I showed up, I shot some stuff and, um, I think he just, there was like a couple of shots that I got that I remember specifically. He was like, Oh, I really like the way you shot that. And so that just began the journey. And then it was like a matter of, um, can you do this event, this event? And then, and then it started to become the, the press tours and stuff. So, and I know they've had people like me in the past. Um, so, uh, I'm trying to think, yeah, they've, they've had people like me in the past. And, um, so I guess I'm just, I filled that role for them now and, and it's, it's been great. I mean, not, not just doing the, the press stuff for him or the movie stuff, but I've also gotten to capture, uh, personal moments in his life, which have been incredible, like, like his wedding or, right. um, I got to go with him to visit his daughter in Florida who was training to become a WWE wrestler, which she, she now is signed with them. So, and then obviously, unfortunately his father passed away this year, but we, we did go to the memorial ceremony and we made a a video out of that. And so just being able to see, you know, not just him as the movie star, but also him as like the father, him as the husband. It's been incredible, man. I mean, it's been the biggest life-changing experience for me. I believe it, man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming that that kind of spawns from your, is it the ability and, and maybe this is from practice working with the, the influencer is you're constantly on the go. You're constantly traveling and making content with them. Was it learning how to turn around content quickly, proper communication, also be someone that's like normal to hang around that you feel like maybe that training with, with that client and maybe previous clients before that kind of trickled into this working with DJ, because I think that's something they're constantly looking for as someone who can probably be relatable, but also play their part and play their part really well, especially when you have someone yeah. like him showing up to set and being a monster all day long, they're going to want equivalents, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? Another big thing I think is, is it's like you either understand the their brand and can sort of easily help. <clears throat> you can easily um, create things that speak to the brand or maybe you just don't, you know, and I could see how if you don't, if you're not like in sync with somebody's brand and the kind of content that generally speaks to their audience or that they personally want to put out, then it might not be the right fit. Mm. But I found quickly that the things that DJ loves to see in the edits that we do or the things that really inspire and move him are like things that really inspire and move me personally as well. Right. So 
I think we just, we just hit it off in that sense that, um, we both are like really into the types of video pieces or photos or just content in general that goes for the heartstrings and, uh, is inspiring, but also emotional. So I just, I just know that like, when we started shooting, I was picking up on those cues and I was trying to put as much of that back into the content as possible. Um, so yeah, that's a big part of it, I think. And then, and then, um, just being able to like keep up with the schedule and those types of things is important and, um, understanding how Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and these things work. Those, you know, those are like the no brainers obviously. So yeah, it's just kind of having your wheels in, in the, in that, in this space, you know, being able to create, it's like people call me, people sometimes call me a filmmaker, but it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't make movies per se. It's like, I'm, I think of myself as a digital content creator, you know, mm-hmm. and I embrace that. Like, I think it's a cool title to have, you know, yeah, I do too. No, I, I, and I think a lot of people always are like debating if they think that's like weaker or something. I'm like, nah, man, cause Films are a whole nother level and it's a different game. It's a different thing. You yeah. can be an incredible filmmaker and try to come over to the digital space and just fucking flop. You know what I mean? Like you might not totally. be good at this. So it's a talent. It's a well, huge talent to have. And it's super valuable to people that are at the top level that need that type of content for their fans or for their products or whatever they're trying to sell. Uh, I think it'd be cool to talk about that first, that first gig because that was, um, I was there with Jada Pinkett Smith and I think they both achieved. Oh yeah. So I was with her. No, that's crazy. You were was, there. Yeah. We were both there and I was shooting a bunch of stuff for her and, Whoa. uh, and you were there with I, DJ. I remember seeing her. Yeah. And I remember seeing DJ walk in and I was like, and I had just met with his team like a couple, two days before that. So I had just seen them and, and ran into them there and I was like, oh, it's crazy, but I didn't know you. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Man. So, so you get booked that job. Can you kind of walk me through it? Because at this point, have you worked with outside of the, 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 um, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. The damn, the influencer, Shay. outside of working with her, have you worked with anyone at this like caliber of talent level personally? It was, well, it's funny you say Jada because it was, it was, uh, I had, before I did anything with DJ, I had started making some content with Will. Nice. And I don't know, and I don't know who your, who your point of contact is, but for me, it was Lucas and Sadeo. Do you know yeah. those guys? Yeah. It was Lucas through cash bunny. I don't know if you know cash bunny, but she brought me uh, in. Dude, yeah. She's a genius. Yeah, she is. So, so Lucas and Sadeo, I, I, any opportunity I get to, to, to talk about how genius those guys are. I always do because I, what they've been able to do for will and, and, uh, just how they're able to wrangle talent from all over the world. They, they just have such a vision for seeing someone and fitting them, slotting them into a project for Jada or for Will and understanding like who can do what for, for their clients. And so Lucas and Sadeo are, are amazing people. And so they, they had hit me up because when, when Will was launching his YouTube channel, they had like a short list of, creators that they wanted to potentially help with Will's content. Right. And because of the stuff that I had been doing with shade, they had also seen that stuff. And so they hit me up one day, I got like an email. I don't even remember, but I I took a phone call and it was Lucas and Sadeo. And they're like, we like the stuff you do with Shay. Will's about to, this was before Will had launched his channel. This was like prior to it launching. if I recall correctly. And, they're like, are you interested? And I was like, of course, like, well, you know, Will's my childhood idol. Right. And, um, and same with DJ, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, honest, honest to God. Like if you, if I was a kid, you asked me who my two idols were, it was, it was Will and DJ. 
That's crazy, um, bro. It's crazy. So, so yeah. So then I got to do a couple of videos. I started by just doing editing for Will, and then I got to do some some travel and shooting with him as well. Nice. But um, so that was that that was like my introduction to working with, uh, movie stars. Right. Right. That's, that's a crazy sentence to say. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So having, having had that experience when you get this call to go work with DJ and, and you don't really know if it's just going to be like a one-off thing or maybe it's going to progress into something right. down the road. What is, uh, kind of your approach to this job? So for people who don't know, it's the MTV music video awards. He was getting honored for what, what, what was it? Lifetime, uh, it was, achievement? it was a, it was like a lifetime achievement or it was, it was called the generation award, right? The generation award. Right? right. So they, they showed a reel of like all of his, basically of his life. It was, it was pretty awesome. And it was like his wrestling career, his movie career, the things he's done outside of the movies and stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't, that, that wasn't particularly like, it wasn't the craziest gig. It was quick, but, um, but I think I just, I just knew that I wanted to roll on everything. And, and, um, at the time I had no idea that I would get to do so much with him. Right. So I was kind of in a headspace of like, if this is all I get to do with him, that's fucking cool. Like, yeah, I'll get to, I'll get to talk, I'll get to cross that off my bucket list, you know? Um, and I, yeah, it was, I didn't have any crazy plan. It was just, uh, it was just to capture as much as I could. So, um, and obviously just to feel it out, because as you know, when you, when you're putting your camera in someone's face for the first time, you're, you're simultaneously not just capturing, but you're trying to like get a feel for the energy and the vibe and right. make sure that, make sure that you're respecting space while also getting what you need, which is, I, I always tell people that's kind of like one of the most challenging parts of doing documentary work is it's like, you're not just capturing content. You're constantly like you're constantly trying to get a feel for the, the, the room and right. the mood, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So, but he was so, he was super cool. Like he got out of his big ass truck and I was like on, I like got real low. Cause I thought I was like, I need to shoot him. Like the, like the hero that he is. Yeah. And I just remember him cracking a joke about me, like being on the ground. And that was like <laughs> the very first thing he said to me. And I was like, all right, this is going to be fun. Right. Yeah. It sets the vibe. <laughs> uh, is, yeah. is, as you kind of progress with your, your relationship with him and, and you start to dabble into more projects, what do you, how, how, how do you do that transition from the, the new guy? You're being the fly in the wall. You're trying to, you know, kind of get a feel for what the vibe is and start to build a relationship because oh my god i can't talk the relationship with him but it's also for a lot of people who haven't done this or or strive to get into this position there is something mm -hmm. about building a, a clear trust with this person right and, and being able to develop that and i think through building that trust it graduates you from being the new guy to a, an totally. incredible asset right so what was what was that pro progression like for you as you started to develop and and build more projects I love that question, man. And I think, I think for me, it's that I really try to just be as present as possible. And I try to, um, when you, I think when you work with people like Will or DJ, um, or like Jada, it's just having like, um, bringing like a present energy and not having some sort of big agenda and mm. just being, being in, being in the moment and, um, being consistent and just being a problem solver, you know, and that that's the biggest thing. And I think that, I think that people like DJ or will 
can get a sense for somebody pretty quickly and understand if that person is there for the right reasons or they're going to work their ass off and do a good job. And so, you know, it's like when this opportunity to do stuff with DJ came along, I, I really did put like pretty much everything else on in my life second to that. Right. Um, and I just was just like, you know, I'm going to try to run with this as hard as I can for as long as I can, you know? And, and that's, that's just been what it's, what it's been. And I think that, um, I think that just being consistent, you know, and, and delivering the content in a way where as time, as more time passes, there's like, he sees that I understand the vision for what we're trying to put out there. Um, that's yeah. That to anyone out there who's like building a relationship with a new client, I think it's just go in with pure intent and go in with the desire to work really hard. And even if they're not like a DJ, they can just be, they don't have to be super famous, but treat them like they're the best client you've ever had because right. you know, it's like, you don't have to be working for somebody famous to make amazing content. You know, it's, it's, it's about your vision. It's about your creativity. It's about, um, good ideas. You know, it's like, you could be working with the most famous person in the world. And if you don't have an idea for what you want to do, it, it's not going to resonate, you know? So right. it, it's crazy. To I think, guess. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when you really think about your path, it's, it's crazy to think having worked with Shay and putting in that energy and everything into your content landed you two of the biggest content creating jobs in the world. You know what I mean? Having really poured that out from, from maybe it's a, a YouTuber to prior that it could have been a local business, whatever you're doing, if you hit it and you hit the ground running hard and you invest that much energy into it, A, you're going to develop as a creator. Your, your content's going to become better because you're becoming a better user of your camera or your storytelling abilities, your editing, whatever it may be. But also it's just, I, I, I just love that so much when people say that, like treat every client, like it's the best client you've ever had. It's so crucial. Bro, it's, it's crazy, man. I mean, yeah. Like I, when I started, I was making videos with this over a decade ago, I was working with my dad and we were making content and we were working for, we were doing videos for like dentists and lawyers and people in our community. And then I started touring with musicians and I did music for a long time. So, but, but my dad always instilled in me, like treat every job, treat everything, treat every video, because here's the thing, like you're working on it in that moment. That's where you are. Right. So don't be worried about where you think you want to go. Don't be worried about what you did in the past, be where you are and just treat that video or that project. Like it's the most important thing in your life because really it is. And I think we see it more now than ever. Like if you look at the creators out there that like you, you mentioned your friend cash bunny, like she doesn't need to put famous people in her videos, man. And she's killing it. Right. And like my, my buddy, Caleb, he does crazy VFX stuff. He's doing a lot of the stuff just at his house. I think it's uh, it really just starts with having epic ideas and, and really just bringing that energy to every project you do. Like, this is the most important thing I'm ever going to make. Right. Even if you're like fooling yourself a little, like tell yourself that, you right. know, if that's what it takes to get you in the headspace, then I think that, that you should run with it. That's a game winning tip right there, my friend. That's yep. Yeah. I agree. Shit. Uh, all right. So can we talk about maybe some of your, I mean, you guys, like you said, you've traveled all over the place to, from, from funeral memorials with his, his dad passing, which I know shook him up probably from and seeing his post on the internet to movie premieres like Jumanji. Obviously that's what I got to work on with you. It's crazy to, 
to know the capacity of where you guys go. Private jets, traveling all over the place, hidden resorts. Sometimes you're, I, I think on the movie tours, you're probably doing multiple cities in a day, right? Like bopping yeah, around for press for sure. tours. Yeah. Um, so is there any standout moments that, uh, yeah, cool I could actually, I could talk about something really cool, man. Um, so we, we, for, for his tequila, we traveled around, we, what he calls what was called the Terramana tour. So we traveled around, we traveled like to all these different states. We did in eight days, we did like over 20, 20 flights. And what was crazy, man. And what I, what is just a testament to like how hard of a worker DJ is, is there was a list of people that he had to meet with basically to talk to about his tequila. And he was so enthusiastic. He treated everybody like they were the most important people and, um, never, you know, he just, he keeps that energy up. Like he realizes that him being, um, positive and energetic it helps all of us stay right it helps all of us stay on on track mm. you know like it, it it the leadership is there and it, it disseminates down and that's what encourages and inspires all of us to work really hard but that was really fun man because we were we would take a meeting with like some really big company or we take a meeting with some like mom and pop tequila distributor and he went in with the same energy and enthusiasm and we were i was just capturing all of that stuff and uh that was that you know that was to me was a really cool experience because it wasn't the movie world it was him building this business that he wants to leave for his family and he wants mm. us to be part of his legacy so that was really really cool to see and yeah. to, to be a part of hey i hope you guys are enjoying this episode i just wanted to take a quick second to promote something and it's not an ad it's not for a brand it's actually for the black window cream youtube channel um we've been putting a lot of work into that channel right now if you haven't subscribed to it do it so please that would be awesome but what we did was we just made this new youtube video called how freelancers can get 600 dollars plus per week with the pandemic unemployment assistance we recently spoke with a professional accountant on the podcast not too long ago and we decided to take what information we learned from there and make it into a five minute video that would be a little bit easier to digest. If you're listening to this and you haven't uh, taken advantage of that, especially if you're a creator in need and are hurting financially, this is a good video for you to check out. The link will be in the description of this podcast right now. So definitely check that out. And uh, that's it. Just, uh, you know, letting us, letting you guys know that we're out here on YouTube going ham for you guys. So subscribe to the channel and uh, let's get back to this podcast. Was that separate from the Jumanji tour? We did we did, um, man, what were we doing at that time? No, we were in Atlanta at that time and he was shooting. I want to say this was like right before we shot Titan games, which comes out like next week. Right. So, um, you know, it's like things pop up really quick and then we just slot it into the schedule and it's like, all right, this is what we're doing for the next two weeks. I mean, obviously it's different now. There has, there's no travel tentatively planned, but, um, but that's what it was like for like, uh, for like eight or nine months. Wow. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And you know, it's like, he's shooting more movies this year, so it'll just, it'll continue. And we would have had, had Corona not hit, we would be doing stuff pretty soon. I think for jungle cruise mm-hmm. and, um, Which I think I pushed know, to like, till at least 2021. Ne- right. Yeah. Next year. Right. Man. Um, when, when hitting those, mo- cause so what, out of the movie tours, what have you done so far? Was it just the Jumanji? We did, uh, we did Hobbs and Shaw, which we did, we did Hobbs and Shaw. We went to Hawaii, we went to New York and we went to China. And then, 
and then for Jumanji, we went to, um, we did some stuff here locally and then we went to Europe. Nice. So for Hobbs and Shaw, what, what can you explain kind of like how you attack that job, right? You know, there's a movie to promote. There's going to be a lot of action, things that are going on from your, from your end. A, what, what is the team looking at you for? Are they kind of just letting you run free at this moment? And then B, when you go towards it, what is like your day-to-day process almost with kind of capturing this content and trying to make sure the deliveries are top notch? Well, DJ has like an incredible team of producers and, um, just people who I work directly with, um, shout out to Kristen and Britt, um, probably who you've also communicated with. And, uh, they disseminate the, a lot of times what the deliverables are to me or like things that we should be aiming for. And we'll have like a laundry list of things that we want to get. And then we just do our best to try to get everything on the list. And then sometimes they'll ask me if there are, are ideas I have. And so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get inspired like before we go on a trip and I'll think like, what are some cool things I could shoot that I could edit in an interesting way? So that's, I always spend a lot of time trying to come up with things where it's going to take minimal of his time, but I could do a lot of cool stuff and post with it. Right. Um, so there's a lot of that happening and, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a combination of, you know, things that they have on a list, things that maybe the studio might want us to get. Um, and then all sorts of content, really short, like 15 second clips to like six or seven minute long recap videos. Um, it's all on his Instagram, so you can see a lot of it, but that's, that's the gist of what we go for. Which, which one's been your favorite as far as like the long form content kind of highlighting it. And are you, are those the ones that you're editing or are those ones you you'll have editors help out with? Depends. Sometimes I'll edit and sometimes we'll bring people in. It really just depends like how much stuff hits all at once. Right, right, right. Cause you know, like if there's like 10 things that he's doing at one time and I can't do it all, then that's when they'll bring in different editors and, sure. and I'm sure they work with some people that I don't, I'm not even aware of, but, um, but I think for me, my favorite thing we've done so far would have to be, um, done so much. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, the, the piece that we did on his father was, was really, um, something that really resonated with, I I just, it was just such an emotional, you know, I've never filmed like a memorial ceremony. And if you want to talk about like feeling out the mood of filming people, there's no clear place that that would happen than when people are trying to, you know, mourn somebody who's passed away. Right. But DJ was like super cool about it. And as soon as he got, to the place where we were shooting, I was just like, can I just shoot, you know, everything? And he was like, film, film, whatever you, you know, you think you need to tell the story. And, and I think that that piece was, came out really powerful. And, and his father was such an iconic person. And that like, I I remember we posted it and it just, so many people watched it and Mm. the comments and like on Facebook has like tens of millions of views. And I just, to me, it's really cool to be able to make something that has that kind of emotional weight and for so many people to watch it. Right. Um, so that was one of my favorites for sure. And then the piece that we did on his daughter was really powerful because I grew up watching wrestling. Like I, 20 years ago, I went with my dad to go see DJ wrestle at WrestleMania. That's crazy. WrestleMania 2000. I had a rock shirt on. We sat like basically in the rafters (laughs) because it was like, 
WrestleMania is like so expensive and, um, and so to get to go with him to tell the story of his daughter carrying the torch in that industry was just the most insane, like out of body experience for me because, um, yeah, wrestling was, was my childhood. So, right. and he was my favorite wrestler for sure. Man. So, um, and, 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 that, that was powerful. And then he loved the piece. Like I sent it to him. He had like almost no notes on it. Best. He was just like, this is amazing. So yeah, man, the, the, getting to work on that, I getting to work on some of those personal life pieces that I, I hope one day people are going to look back at these moments in time of his life and, and, and look at these pieces. Those are the ones that I think I love making the most. That it's, it's really cool to think of, you know, you being the person that can really kind of hone in, uh, these micro documentaries about this person and these different stages of the crew. I mean, if you really look at 2019, you can kind of outline, outline some of the most major moments that happened to this person and then have proper storytelling. So when you do engage with it, you're like, fully understanding of the story. You fully understand what this was like at the memorial. You fully understand what it's like for his, his daughter's development and to see how proud he is as a father and to see the progression of this, which that created his whole legacy. You know what I mean? And the full yeah. circle part of it, of you being there <laughs> 10 years or however many years ago it was to, to watch that 20. as a kid, 20 years ago as a kid, like that's such a cool fucking full circle moment. I always say it's funny when I've gone touring with artists, every time I've gone on tour with an artist, my dad, I don't know where he's keeping all my old burn CDs, but he'll send me pictures <laughs> of my ripped CDs of that artist's like album that I had or whatever. And I'll like spell shit wrong or whatever it was, but like, to yeah, see that, man. I'm like, man, what a weird, you would have never known that this is what it was going to end up like back then. No, hundred um, percent. When you, so kind of talking more on like specifically like those two moments when you're filming there, how do you kind of gauge the temperature and, and know when to shut it off? Like for me, if I'm with B or J mm -hmm. and I'm filming them and may, you know, you're, you you want to always have the camera rolling kind of anything could happen type scenario, but sometimes, you know, like, all right, cool. I'm going to pop in to tell this story in any sense. If I was ever going to put a documentary together, if I was going to put a 30 second clip together, this is kind of the, the meat that I need. And then everything else mm -hmm. is fluff. And sometimes you don't need to continue to film the fluff and, and, and not invade their privacy, even though they want you to do that. You know what I mean? That's like your job is to do it. Yeah. How do you gauge the temperature and, and kind of find the balance of when it's okay and when it's not okay to, to shoot? Sure. So my advice to anyone and just my personal experience has been, you want to be, you want to like go as hard as you can. You want to be, I don't know if aggressive is the right word, but you really want to get in there. And for me, I, um, unless somebody tells me to turn my camera off, like I'm going to have it out. I'm going to be making something. If I'm not shooting video, I'm taking photos just because, um, I like something I believe is that it's easier to be assertive on a set than it is to be a magician in the editing room. Mm. So when you're stuck with not having everything you need, then you, it, that's, that's to me the worst place, like sitting down to edit something and you don't, and you know, you don't have what you need and you maybe could have got it. Had you just been a little bit more assertive, mm -hmm. that's like, the, like I, I, I that kind of shit makes me want to jump out a window. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, I really just, yeah. I mean, I think some, if, if I'm unsure, I'll just ask, you know, I'll just be like, Hey, I'm going to film everything. Is that cool? And if there's ever a moment like, yeah, everything's cool, but just like, don't shoot that one thing. Then I know, okay. Like, um, 
you know, or, or, or somebody like Will or DJ would be like, okay, we're good. You know, you can, you can turn the camera off, which, which does happen. Right. Of course. Um, but, uh, but generally I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm as assertive as I can possibly be because I, I want to have options when I sit down to edit something, you know, you want to have as much as you, as you can. And with documentary stuff, like you're not following a script, you're just, sometimes you don't even know what you're going to put together till you sit down to edit it. And you want to have as many options as possible. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I, I mean, you know, that world. Yeah, no, 100%. And it, and it is true. I mean, especially even if you're handing the content, it's easy, I think for a lot of, uh, videographers or cinematographers who are on the road or doing docu style shooting. Some people I think may lack motivation at some point and, and like, say, you know, you're not the editor. I've seen mm-hmm. videographers purposely just like kind of slack off because they're like, man, whatever I'm here, I'm capturing some stuff. So you can't get right. mad at me because you didn't give me an infinity list that I was supposed to check off as I got it. And if you didn't give me that list, I can kind of do whatever I want. So then they may miss a couple moments or keep the camera off to like go enjoy an extra long lunch or something and, and right. just, or want to be a totally part of man. And that, yeah, hurts. yeah. That's, that's called phoning it in. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's the idea of phoning it in. And, uh, I just feel like the day you, the day you phone in any project, you're basically, if you get cut from the squad, then you don't really have an excuse. No, Like you, you can't, you don't, you, you can't fall back and say like, no, like I did what I, I needed because right. people pick up on people pick up on anyone phoning anything in, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, your clients are smart. They're going to, they're going to smell that kind of, it's like a spirit. It's like a way you go through, your creative projects. So in, instead of phoning it in, I say always err on the side of being the most enthusiastic, being the most energetic about it. Be the person who like tries to always light up the vibe, the energy to get everybody excited about a project. Um, you know, cause at the end of the day, man, like we're, we're blessed to, to get to use cameras to make a living. Right. No, so, I agree. Yeah. Don't, you know what I mean? Grave. It's uh, it's gotta be pretty, motivating to be, I know you filmed tons of his workout sessions and and make content around that. I saw you just just posted one on his Instagram or whatever and shouted you out too for the edit with just him with looking insanely swole and just (laughs) crushing in the gym when you're around something like that. And I know we talked about this before we started uh, about the creative depression or, or having like, you know, a lot can burn you out on certain things. What is totally. it that is there mornings where, you know, you're rolling out of bed and you got to meet him at the gym and it's 5am or some shit and, and he's ready to pump it. And you're just kind of like not feeling it or not feeling motivated or whatever. Does seeing him put in the effort like he does in those cases change your perception of how you work? Yeah. So the first time I filmed him working out, it changed my life a hundred percent. That, that was like, like close to a year ago. And I actually, since then I've, I gave up drinking alcohol totally. Like I, I became, I wasn't like drinking every day, but I was, I was consistently drinking. And I just, I just remember like watching him work out. It like flipped the switch in my brain. And I was like, I want to start taking my health so much more seriously. Mm. And so I started hitting the gym like with twice as much energy as I had been. And, um, and then I just started eating a lot better and, um, it just, it totally like lit a fire under my ass when I saw him putting in that kind of work in the gym. So it was, it was such an inspiring thing for me. And, and it 
continues to be like a source of inspiration. I actually, I, I have like a little gym at home right now. I'll go. send you a little clip, yeah. but I have a big, I have a photo of him hanging in there. I have a picture of Muhammad Ali as well, but I took this picture of DJ when we were in Cabo and I, I printed it and put it in a frame and it's just, you know, he is like the ultimate inspiration when it comes to, to kicking ass in the gym. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it totally changed the way I approach fitness. I work out six days a week. Now I have been ever since I shot him. And at, before I was, before I got to film in, in the gym, I was maybe getting in the gym like two or three times a week, if right. that. So it really, it, it woke me up. Yeah. What the, I mean, you have the illest personal trainer, bro. Like technically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just like, he, he's just, he's like a, he's just like a walking billboard for inspiration, you yeah. know? No, it's awesome. And, 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 and yeah, so, so it's, it's this whole osmosis thing of like getting to be around somebody who works so hard. It really changes the way you think about your own life. It changes the way you set goals. It changes what you think you're capable of. Right. Yeah. So that's been, man, I mean, honestly, that's been the, one of the biggest gifts of getting to, to work with him is just, just totally like shifting my brain into realizing that I was capable of doing so much more and that there's always room to improve. So cool. Um, when you, when you guys are hitting the road and you're, you're doing a lot of the traveling, what is, uh, the setup that you bring with you on the road? Like as far as gear, I know a challenge is traveling. You don't want to bring too much gear, but you also don't want to be underprepared. So mm-hmm. how do you find yeah. that balance and what have you kind of dialed in when you're doing the, the DJ moving? And then, mm-hmm. um, and then also I kind of be interested in like what your day to day looks like when, when you guys are doing typical pressure, maybe not necessarily the 20 some cities in a dumb amount of days, but like on a regular, we're bopping around over here. We're doing this. What's what's a day like for you on top of that? So as far as gear goes, when I was doing stuff with people like, like when I worked with that girl, Shay, um, there was a bit more, um, there was a bit more like time leniency where I could put my bag down, be like, all right, I'm going to take my gimbal out for this shot. And we're going to use this camera and this lens. And she would like wait for me to set it up and we would get certain things. <laughs> DJ's life just moves so fast that I had to, I had to reevaluate like what kind of camera package I was going to travel with because I went, when I couldn't be like when I was shooting with Shay, I had all these prime lenses. So I was like constantly changing my kit. I was constantly changing my lenses. I had this big ass, like, 70 pound backpack that I throw on the ground. And I had like three cameras in there. So, um, I, for, for a long time, I was shooting everything on Sony's like the a seven S because of the low light capabilities. And just, we would be in situations where I just never knew what kind of lighting we would have. And I don't love, I'm not a huge fan of like throwing a light on a camera, um, because it's just so intrusive and, you know, I, I like moodier stuff anyway. So, but with DJ, um, I want, I knew I had to consolidate. So I kind of shifted my gear package from all these Sony cameras with all these lenses to the last maybe six to seven months. I've been shooting on um, black magic pocket camera. Yeah. And uh, the reason I love it is because um, it can shoot slow motion at, at 4k. And I, you know, when I think about shooting somebody like DJ, i I want to make sure that the content is legacy proof because I know that people are, or not legacy proof, but future proof. Mm-hmm. And that 
down the line when people are trying to grab clips to for his like do, the documentary of his life i want right. to make sure that the stuff looks good mm. so i i think that the black magic has has done a good job at that and i i, I have a rig where um my black magic is in a cage and then i have like an uh like a really nice monitor on it and then i'm able to pull focus with this basically motor system that i bought so it's like all self-contained it's really quick i shoot on two lenses mostly one lens like a 24 to 70 and the black magic i shoot on is crop it sorry not 24 to 70 i want to say it's like an 18 to 35 and because it's crop sensor it's like right. a 24 to 70 and then i have another lens which essentially is like a 70 to 200 but my buddy shout out to my buddy jazz who shoots all of will's stuff he was the one who kind of turned me on to just get it get my package down to like as small as possible um and then if there's projects where I know we're not going to be as crazy on the go and I'm going to have the opportunity to like take out a gimbal. Um, I'll still do some of that stuff, but, uh, with the travel, it's, it's usually not as good of an idea because at the end of the day, it's just about capturing the moments and it, it doesn't have to look like Martin Scorsese all the time. <laughs> yeah. it, it can, it, it's just that you didn't miss the moment. And like when you, sometimes you miss things because you're trying to like put the fancy camera together. Right. And, um, it's sort of like constantly the, the tug and pull of like, how pretty does it need to be versus like, how much should I do? I just need to capture it. And that's, those are like decisions, micro decisions. You make like a thousand of those a day. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then as far as like, what's a day to day, what's a day to day, like, well, I'm not with DJ every day. So generally it's like, I'll travel with him or I'll do like special life events with him. But when it's, when those things aren't happening, I'm either at home editing something we shot or I'm doing work for another client. Um, but on like a travel you know, day, like if you're traveling to travel China day. or China for, um, Hobbs and Shaw, like what's a kind of a day? Like, there? I mean, so it's, it's, uh, the long flight and, and it's usually gym. Like he goes to the gym right away. And th this is all stuff he's talked about in, in some, we, we, hit, we, we put out some videos where he's talked about how, he loves to hit the gym right when he lands because it, um, it just helps him like it, he calls it his anchor. So mm -hmm. it just helps him get established in a location. It like gets rid of that jet lag. So we'll do the gym stuff usually before we do any press stuff. So we'll, we'll, we'll knock out some gym content. Then he'll, you know, we'll head back to the hotel, get a little bit of food, catch a break. He'll, you know, maybe eat a little something. And then it's, usually it's like a full on press day. And then in the evening, it's like a movie premiere or we're, or we're like back on a plane and the press days consist of like just tons of interviews or skits that things he'll film. And if we're in a different country, like in China, you know, like it can get really interesting because their culture, their social media, maybe they have him doing some crazy shit that like, we just don't even do here. Right. So, but what I love is he's always down for whatever, whatever it is. He, he, he's like such a champ. He powers through a press day, never a moment of like bummed out or like, you know, um, low energy. It's like from, from the time we start the press stuff till it's over, he's like, just, he's in the zone. But that's, and that's, then, and then, yeah, that's and then we cool. might fly. Yeah. I was going to say, that's what's cool about you is that you're describing him and him being able to power through it. But 
you know that because you're doing the exact same thing. You know what I mean? You're, you're ready to go and, and you're capturing that content. And I think that's a testament of why you're on the team and why you're going to continue to be on the team is because you're an incredible asset to him and his team being able to captivate all that stuff and fucking hang on with your dear life on the schedule, like <laughs> that, bro. Cause that shit is exhausting. Well, what he said, what he said one time, and I think it was in an interview and I was there is, um, he said that, you know, it was something to the effect of he sets the pace for what we're all capable of doing. And mm-hmm. he knows that it's this whole idea that like, he can't, he said something to the effect of like, I'm not going to ask my team to do something that I'm not doing myself. And so when you're, when you have a leader who, who can, I mean, literally he's the hardest working it's that, that the whole thing, hardest work, hardest, the whole, uh, you know, uh, slogan, hardest worker in the room is like legit, not, it's not a joke. It's not like a gimmick. It legitimately, he's the hardest working person I've ever met in my whole life. Yeah. And, and so it inspires everyone around him. It inspires, you know, the, the photographer, videographer, it inspires his publicist. It inspires the other movie stars that are like on the film. Right. Everybody, everybody just picks up on this, like instill electric energy and and it makes you feel like damn i can be dj i can be like a dj level worker today right that's so cool and it's just it's yeah it's like a drug man it's a, it's like the best feeling right. so and then you and then you come home and sleep for three days because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're just so exhausted yeah man that shit will whoop your ass i i, I uh i've been there i know it's it's a it's a cool thing because it, i just know from having not been in this position before wanting it so bad and, and just thinking like, man, how cool would it be to be in that position? And it's so cool and it's so exhausting, but there's something at the end of the tunnel when you get there and you look back on it and especially having the content that you have released, it's like being able to look back on that, you can admire the amount of energy and time you put into it. And then to have an inspiration like him makes the perk of the job even better, you know? Absolutely, man. Yeah. I mean, it's like, especially the doc stuff, um, I think sometimes in the moment people don't, they don't appreciate why you want to capture everything. Um, but, but it's like it age doc content eight can age so well. And then three, four years down the line when people are feeling nostalgic, they pull it back up and they're just flooded with emotion. And that's why I love getting to be this kind of storyteller because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like, it's like going through an old dusty old photo book and, and you, and it's just, it's the trip down memory lane is just always such an incredible feeling. I know, man. I love it. Yo, I appreciate you for coming on sharing this with this. I, I think everyone in the community is going to appreciate hearing this type of stuff. It, it's a, it's a cool position that you've created for yourself and you're doing a really good job at it. So thank you so much for, for just crushing ass and giving back to the community, bro. Dude, thank you for having me. And, uh, hopefully when, when things are, not so crazy. I can pop in because Please. that studio looks dope, man. Hey, thank you. No, I appreciate it. No, you got to get you in here, bro. You got to tell the full story. We got to hear it from start to I'd finish. Love like to. We normally do. All right, cool. Well, that's on the slate. Now you heard it here first people. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to you soon, bro. Thank you so much. Okay, brother. All Have right. a good one, man. You too. Peace. Later. That's it for episode 185. Huge shout out to John for coming on the show today. Make sure to subscribe to Black Window Cream on whatever podcast platform you are listening to. We appreciate that. And if you uh, enjoyed this episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That shit goes a long ways for us and it helps us get discovered by other creators who can find this information helpful. So thank you so much for doing that. And lastly, 
please send us a screenshot. If you're listening to this still right now, you're a real one. Send us a screenshot of you listening to the podcast and, and share it with us on Instagram. Post on your Instagram story, tag Black Window Cream at Black Window Cream, and let us know some of your takeaways. We really love seeing your guys' takeaways every week, and we're glad you guys get so much out of this episode and these podcast episodes that we do every day. Uh, so thank you for that. And uh, without uh, taking up too much more of your time, enjoy the work week, keep creating, and we'll see you in a few days, you bitch. bitch.